Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Ryan Cameron from Out of the Pen, Orange is the New Brown. You guys heard me all around Trackstar Sports, but I have someone tonight that I'm going to be introducing to you guys that's kind of new to the team. And um, we're going to be talking to him about the NL East and the New York Yankees in particular, because that's who he's going to be covering for us. His name is Nate Shelton. Nate, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, You know, first and foremost, Nate, I don't know how much of our show you've listened to, but I kind of made a proclamation early on that the New York Yankees were not going to make the playoffs this year. (laughs) Now, uh, hear me out here. You know, I talked about their starting pitching and how much they strike out, and I was kind of afraid that they were going to be able to keep up with these AL teams that can – that have the pitching staff to strike these guys out. Because let's be honest, you have about uh, a thousand players on your team that strike out or hit home runs. So, you know, that I want, I want to be up front with you that I did that. I don't want to hide it from you. I did do that. But Robinson Cano has now been suspended. They were my second wildcard team, the Seattle Mariners. So I changed my pick last week on the show. So you'll be happy to know that the New York Yankees are back in the playoffs on Ryan Cameron's predictions. I think I remember hearing that last week. Yeah, uh, so I did I did change it up. There is a bit of concern with the pitching staff. You know, we got Severino and Sabathia for the most part is on. Tanaka is always hit and miss. It's looking like they're going to add another arm come the trade deadline, but it looks – I mean, the way their offense is rolling, as long as their pitching staff can keep them in a game, they'll be okay. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, their their lineup is disgusting. Everyone knows that. You know, uh, but you do have to have pitching. And, you know, it's just kind of – to me, I thought it might be their sore spot this year. But they've pitched pretty well this year. You know, I wasn't expecting CC to – you know, really pitch that well again this year because he's getting up in age, and I don't trust Tanaka as a starter. Um, but, you know, it so far they've proved to be doing pretty well with it. So, um, you know, kudos to them. But, guys, he's uh, going to have a new show out called Bronx Bombers Beat. So make sure you check that out on Trackstars uh, Sports Network. Um, he'll be coming to you guys live every week with uh, – new ALE stuff and, uh, you know, the New York Yankees. So make sure you look for that. We are going to be talking ALE baseball this, uh, this podcast um, to kind of introduce you guys to Nate. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. Can't wait to get into the meat of it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm going to start with the standings in the ALE right now, which is, it has Boston out in front. Um, by a half game at 33 and 15. The Yankees uh, are in second at 31 and 14. They're starting to cool off a little bit. Um, Not too much. I mean, they're six and four in their last 10, so they're still playing good baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays are kind of the surprise to me in this division to be sitting at 23 and 25. You know, I was really expecting big things from them this year. Yeah, you know, you look at them on paper and every year, I kind of compare them to like the Seattle Mariners, you think they're going to contend every year, but then what? It's like something different every year that happens. This year, I believe it's just the pitching has not been where they want it to be. Um, yeah, you just, they're like an anomaly every year, I think. Yeah. And, you know, a big thing with Toronto is uh, people also got to understand they did lose uh, Joey Bats, you know, and they did lose uh, 
Edwin uh, to my Cleveland Indians. Thank yes. you, thank you. And so, you know, um, they did lose two major bats in their lineup. And, uh, yes, they still have Donaldson, and they still have a lot of talent uh, in, you know, their lineup. So, you know, it's just kind of surprising to me to see them at 23 and 25 and sitting 10 games back already. Um, uh, but uh, Sorry, another know? surprising thing is they have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. sitting in the minor leagues. And I know he's a third baseman, but with his bat, you got to be able to make a place for him in the lineup. I mean, mind you, he's still in double A, too, so I don't know what their plan is with him. But you think they'd be calling him up here pretty soon. You would think so. And uh, I, I, I think I said on our minor league edition that I didn't see him coming up this year. And that's because I, I believe that Toronto is really going to take their time with him. I believe he's only 19 years old. And the crazy thing about that is you're seeing it all over baseball, right? All these 19 and 20 year olds coming yes. up this year, which is crazy. Let's be honest about that because that does not happen every year. No, there it's an anomaly to see a 20 year old called up. I, I mean, mean you pretty a, much had to be a Bryce Par- Harper yes, exactly. to be called up at that age. That's what I was thinking. Bryce Harper is the only one I can think of within this year, obviously that has been that age and called up that quickly. Yep, and you got, you know, two players from the Braves uh, called up at 20 years old. And you have Soto, who just got called up for, for Washington, who's killing it so far. It's so, I mean, on his first pitch, he sees. right? And he hasn't cooled off throughout his last couple games either. So, you know, you're seeing it more and more in baseball this year. I don't know if it's a depth thing. You know, maybe teams just they don't have the depth that they, they're used to having, and that's why they're, they're calling these guys up. Uh, you know, baseball is a very weird game, and, you know, scouts will always tell owners, hey, be careful to call this guy up too early and blah, 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 blah. But I think kind of owners and GMs are just taking things into their own hands now, and they're saying, you know what, we need him up here. We're going to have him. So, um, you know, with him, I still think he's a year off. You're right. He's a great talent, and he's by far the best prospect the Blue Jays have. So you're going to see him, and you might see him in September. You uh, might see him called up in September. Yeah. yeah. expand, get him some – major league experience, you know, and then give him a good spring training, bring him up next year. That would, would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Because I don't see Josh Donaldson in Toronto next year. So, um, you know, you could see him replace him at third base, which is still a huge blow to Toronto if he's not there. But, um, you know, I think you could see possibly, I am not saying this people, I'm saying you could possibly see him traded at the trade deadline. If Toronto is just way back. Um, because you could get a lot for Josh Tunnelson. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay is doing Tampa Bay things, and they're Good. staying around 500 like they always do. And they're also they're at 22 and 24, 10 games back. And in last place is the Baltimore Orioles at 15 and 33, and they are already an astounding 18 games back, yeah. which – that's insane, folks. We're not even 50 games into the season, and, and they're 18 games back. They're another kind of weird team out there because you look at, the, again, their off-batting lineup. They should be producing runs. Chris Davis has just disappeared for some reason. Basically, the only guy in their lineup right now that's producing is Machado. And, of course, he can only do so much as a one-man hitting group. Yes, and Machado's leading baseball in home runs, and he's only adding to the fuel of him being traded at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, for Baltimore, you're saying, yes, you know, keep doing it, keep doing it, <laughs> yeah, you know, because we're only going to get more for you, bump, you know. Bump, bump, so, 
I mean, and that's why I think this makes Baltimore kind of smart uh, by keeping him instead of trading him in the deadline is because they kind of took a risk, right? I mean, he they could have kept him on and him came out and hit 220, and then at the trade deadline, you get hardly anything for yeah. him. Yeah. But the fact that he's doing what he's doing, man, do they look smart because they're going to get even more for him. You're going to get a top prospect from some organization for him plus some. So, um, and I'm sure that's really on his mind and probably trying to help his trade value in the, in the meantime, so he can get out of there maybe as quickly as he can. Mm-hmm. And, and like he'll be going to an NL team. I mean, they're not going to trade him within the, the league. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, we're on the AL East, but I, I'm going to talk a little NL East with you real quick, because on that note, I, I am one of those people who I strongly believe that the Atlanta Braves are going to make a strong push for Machado at the trade deadline. And they, they have the prospects to do it. Braves have prospects galore. And I'm not a hundred percent sure what their roster, but I believe one of their young studs is a shortstop. If I'm not mistaken. Um, Cause I know Machado has said he wants to be the shortstop. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could twist his arm to be a third baseman. I I don't know. We'll just see how that would work out. Yeah, I mean, it might be one of those things where they grab him and hope for the best, right? And, you know, hope that they can re-sign him at the end of the year and keep him there. Atlanta's very enticing because they have so much young talent on their team. Yes. They have a brand-new ballpark, and they have plenty of money to spend. Oh, so, yeah. you know, uh, they're very enticing. Uh, and You know, I've talked about on previous shows that, I believe the Braves are going to be a leading contender for Bryce Harper come this offseason. Just because of everything I mentioned, how much young talent they have, the money they have, brand new stadium, all of this stuff. So, you know, I I believe, and it's a better market for Bryce Harper, if you want to be honest. You know, Atlanta is a much bigger city to do that kind of stuff in than D.C. is. So, you know, I, I, I really believe that, they could possibly get Bryce Harper. And if you line up Machado with Bryce Harper and all that young talent, the Braves have, Oh my goodness. You know? um, Yes. You're going to see the Braves of the (laughs) nineties, you know? So (laughs) it it could be pretty fun. And I don't like to talk about the Braves in the nineties because they often beat my Cleveland Indians (laughs) in the nineties, but you know, but probably has their say in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. uh, So never, no one wants to see that. Uh, but no one wants I, to see that. Personally, I have not been a fan of that move, but a lot of fans think with his bat and left-handed bat with that short porch, it would just be too good of a fit to to count out. So, Eric Boston um, brought this up to me. He asked me the same question you're basically saying right now. Do you think the New York Yankees will make a push off uh, uh, towards Bryce Harper? And my answer was very quickly, no. And the reason I say that is, yes, folks, it's the New York Yankees. They have lots of money. But they cannot afford Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, <laughs> Stanton, okay? You're going to have to pay uh, Glaber sometime, yeah. okay? So they can't afford to do all this. If you want to do that, that's all fine and well, because guess what? You're not going to make it to the playoffs because you're going to have double-A starters pitching for you in the majors Uh, because you're not going to be able to afford one 
at starter. Now so uh, I just don't see it being reasonable. Their their minor leagues are stacked. They've got some pitchers sitting there that aren't quite ready yet, but they are very very highly touted among the uh, major league scouts. So that's not necessarily out of the question, but I think with his price tag, I don't see it myself as a Yankee fan. They also are going to have to pay Didi this offseason. So yep. There would have to be some maneuvering. You got some other contracts coming off the roster like CC and probably Gardner and a couple others that are uh, missing my brain right now. But it, we'll see. We'll see if Cashman wants to take that plunge. You're talking about a $400 million plunge. Yes. So, you know, I and what are they paying Stanton? Uh, 300 uh, well, something million? It's not all of his salary. Miami offered to take big, a good chunk of it, but still, it's 100 plus. Pretty so, significant. Yeah. I, I mean, you're talking about, say, over a 10 year period, spending almost, and this is astronomical, but between three players. A billion dollars in 10 years yes. to three guys. I, I mean, that just does not seem reasonable to me. No. And like I said, time will tell. Well, Cashman's been pretty shrewd, shrewd with his moves. So we'll see what he has in mind. I know he's been working for this offseason. So it will definitely be a fun offseason to watch. And you just brought up someone, D.D. Degorius. Um, there's no way they keep him and – get Bryce Harper. So you kind of take out DD out of the equation. Glaber is a natural shortstop, correct? Yes. The problem so is So you I'm sorry, the problem with that is you really have a hole at second base if you move Glaber. So and I think a lot of the fan base would be upset if DD was just kind of moved on because he's kind of a fan favorite. So there's mm-hmm. just some tough decisions to make. There are <laughs> the Yankees are going to have a very interesting offseason, uh, you know, uh, because they can get a second baseman for, for a decent price. Second baseman are a very undervalued uh, group of players whenever it comes to baseball. Uh, you know, I know the Yankees came after our second baseman, Jason Kipnis, pretty hard last offseason. Um, and it's kind of the same situation you were just saying about Didi. You know, Jason Kipnis yeah. is a fan favorite yeah. in Cleveland. You know, he's by far my favorite player. My four-year-old daughter has all Jason <laughs> Kipnis stuff. I mean, people love Jason Kipnis. So I think that led to them kind of not trading him. But they could get a second baseman of value, I think. Uh, you know, you could give up something for uh, – man, it would be scary. But for a Dozier or someone like that, you know, to go over yeah, there. So, I mean – is it possible? Yes. I just don't I see it happening. I also forgot to mention they have Brandon Drury, who plays pretty much every infield position. So, And he's got a migraine issue going on right now. He's trying to play through in the minor leagues. They don't know what's going on with him. They have no timetable for him. So that would be another possibility next year if he can get it, his health figured out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, one question I did want to ask you, because you know what? I haven't heard much about him. Uh, the Indians traded, you know, for Andrew Miller in 2016, as everyone knows. They gave up a prospect, Clint Frazier, who was at the time our number one prospect. What has happened to Clint? Uh, is he in AAA right now? What is, is what is he AAA. doing? He is, unfortunately, part of a numbers game. Um, you got Stanton mm-hmm. and Judge in the outfield. Gardner, of course, uh, team wants him for his leadership and experience. He just brings so many intangibles. And you got Hicks in the center field, too. So 
you got four guys in the majors that are need to play. So unfortunately, he's kind of stuck in a numbers game, and would not surprise a lot of people if he was moved in the offseason or the trade deadline. So it'll be interesting. Which, if that were to happen, man, what a what a terrible trade that ends up being for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to lose the best reliever in baseball for nothing, really. Because uh, Clint Frazier is a very, very good baseball player. And, you know, I, I, I covered him pretty extensively whenever he was with the Indians, and I was pretty sad to see him go. Uh, but I understood it from the Indians aspect and, and no one could say it didn't work out because Andrew Miller almost single-handedly <laughs> got the Indians to the World yes. Series. So, I mean, it's very rare you see a reliever get the MVP award for the ALCS. I mean, that that's how oh, good he was, you know, really so well. he's a stud and he still is a stud. He's been injured a lot this year, but, you know, he's still a stud, um, so, yeah, that would turn out to be pretty bad for the Yankees, the is, but, you know. I mean, he's just pouring on the stats in AAA, and he just has nowhere to go because the outfield is just log jammed. So, he did get called out mm-hmm. for the yep. weekend. Um, they had a pitcher down, so they called him up for a left-handed bat. He got one start, I think, with a couple of bats, but just was there just for numbers. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to discuss with you is we'll go back to 2016. We'll go back to the trade. Now, everyone knows the Yankees love spending money. That is why they're the most hated team in baseball. It's because anyone that turns out good, they'll just say, hey, I'll throw $200 million their way and they'll come to New York. And it usually works for them. Um but over the last several years, you haven't seen that because of the whole A-Rod situation, and they just had too much money going out, which kind of would bring me back to the whole Bryce Harper thing, but we won't get <laughs> back into that uh, because I do feel like if they did that, they'd be doing the same exact thing. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned to uh, my co-host, Eric Boston, Bryce Harper's hitting 232 this year. So, but we'll just leave it at that. I don't know if I'm paying someone $400 million who's hitting 232. But um, I want to go back to the 2016 trade that the Yankees made. And, you know, I mentioned it as being one of the smartest trades in in, in baseball history recently. Trading away Chapman to the Cubs, getting Glaber in that trade. And getting a lot more in that trade. And then four months later, getting Chapman back. You know, I mean, you can't play it more smart no, than I, that. I mean, you're getting wants, a stud and then the best reliever in baseball everybody probably. Everybody thinks that Cashman had to have something on the Cubs, both dirt-wise, that got him that haul. I mean, you get Glaber, which was highly touted. Nobody knew, you know, t- intangibles there. You get Adam Warren, who's a long reliever. And like you said, after the season was over, they get Chapman back. So now they got all this talent for basically, you know, they didn't give away anything. I mean, not really, (laughs) you know. And, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty amazing and shocking to know that that trade went through. And, and look, the Cubs are fine, you know, could they have used Glaber? Absolutely. You know, so you they miss him for sure. Cubs made that trade with the whole intent of Chapman staying there. Yes. 
and, and once again, with Andrew Miller, they won the World Series. Chapman got a ring, and it's partly they won the World Series partly because of him. So the Cubs basically gave up Glaber Torres for a championship. I guess that's so, you know, going to do whatever it takes to get a ring. <laughs> right. Now, does it upset me as an Indians fan? Absolutely. To know that partly we lost the World Series because of a four-month wonder for them. But, yeah, we did beat him up in the yes. Game 7. It just didn't work out in our in he, our favor. There was a couple but, so, that was kind of shaky. Yes, uh, Game 7 especially. We had him literally crying in Game 7. So that made me feel really good. But um, so uh, we got to talk about your hated Boston Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox are something special. Um, if you were going to make me choose right now someone to come out of the AL, it'd be the Red Sox um, over Houston. And I know Houston is terrific. They have a hundred plus 110 run differential, which is just insane. That is crazy. I'm going to throw a stat at you real quick. They have allowed 126 runs thus far this season. The next closest team to them is the Boston Red Sox at 180. That's outstanding. Okay. Uh, That's insane to only giving up 126 runs this far into the season. They have the best starting rotation in baseball. No one can doubt that. And that's coming from a Cleveland guy who strongly believes his team is right there with them. As a Cleveland guy, do you back up Trevor Bauer's comments about their pitching staff? No. (laughs) And I don't – I understand what Trevor is trying to say. And Trevor is kind of that guy who's always been outspoken. He's always been kind of the weird guy, right? And uh, he's never been afraid to say what's on his mind, and he does it all the time. Do I think it was the smartest thing for him to say no? Uh, to accuse a team of cheating is probably not your best move, okay? Um, especially with the success that they're having. I think some of that partly is jealousy that the Yankees beat us in the ALCS la- or the ALDS last year, a series the Indians were heavily yeah. favored in, uh, a series the Indians definitely should have won. And, uh, you know, we did. We choked. Once again, we choked, you know, and uh, we didn't get that opportunity to play Houston, and Houston went on to win the World Series. Because I've stated several times, the Yankees weren't ready to play Houston last year. I believe they're more ready to play Houston this year than they were last year. And I believe that the Indians really could have fought them in the ALCS. And I think that's partly jealousy that he never got to finish uh, the Astros off and that's last year. The part about the Yankees is they went in there blind in the postseason and they were one game away from going to the World Series. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that is insane. It, it is crazy. And, you know, the Yankees exploited the Indians last year in the ALDS, uh, you know, everyone knows the Indians went up two games to nothing, were cruising, and then just, it was over. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was over. Uh, after game three, it was over. I, I mean, uh, game four and five, you know, um, 
the Yankees did what they had to do to win. DD, I believe, had a huge two-run uh, two, game where he hit yes. two home runs. Can't I think that was in Game Five. Yes. Um, you know, uh, their bats really woke up Game Three through Five, and you know, as an Indians fan, you know, I I kind of said to myself, uh, it's kind of the the back of our lineup that is struggling. Um, you know. Tomlin is a guy that Josh Tomlin for the Cleveland Indians, he's their number five guy. He actually just got demoted down to the bullpen uh, yesterday. Thank goodness. Um, The guy throws about 86, 87 miles an hour and he does nothing but throw strikes playing the New York Yankees. That's something you can't do. That's batting practice for the New York Yankees. Uh, And that was a disaster from the get go. It's been a disaster this year because he even lost, if you can believe it or not, a mile or two on his fastball. Um, he does have a filthy uh, curveball, but he doesn't mix it in very much. And, um, you know, it was just prime for them to to turn on him, and that's what they did. And uh, Trevor Bauer, you know, did not pitch well. And, you know, getting past Corey Kluber and Carrasco, yeah. uh, who I believe got the wins in game one and game two, uh, you know, and then Corey Kluber, I believe, came back on short rest for game five and just didn't have yeah, it, once, you know. So um Kluber figured out they could beat Kluber that kind of put the series in their favor. Yeah, for sure. It did. And it almost brought them to a World Series. You know, whenever Cleveland is a very good team. And um, you know, they're they're twenty three and twenty three right now. Um in the weakest division in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um but, you know, we haven't had many divisional games this year. So, uh, once we get into that, we're going oh, yeah. to start pulling yeah. ahead in this division uh, because this division is terrible. I mean, it's maybe one of the more terrible divisions in baseball you've seen yeah, in a long time. Uh, you know, between Minnesota, Detroit, Kansas City, Chicago, all those teams are mm-hmm. rebuilding. Uh, you know, Minnesota can say they're not rebuilding. They're rebuilding. You know, they don't have a team to make no. the postseason this year. And, and that's kind of interesting that the Yankees almost got beat by Minnesota <laughs> in the uh, wild just, card game, that right? That shows you I how mean, unpredictable baseball is. I mean, it's crazy. And I, I've always, always hated this one game play-in wild card dumb thing that baseball came in. If you're going to do this, make it three games uh, because something terrible could have happened last year in Minnesota winning. It would have been great for me and the Cleveland Indians, but it's not what baseball is about. The best team should be in there. Any team could sneak in in a wild card and then beat, you know, the New York Yankees or another team and move on. I've always believed if you're going to do this, shorten up the season by two games and just have a three-game yeah. series uh, for the wild cards. Although the Royals did take advantage a few years ago and made their run for the championship. So, a team can catch lightning in the ball. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. Yep, anything can happen. But let's go on to the Boston yes, Red Sox and their very stacked lineup. Uh, you know, their lineup is insane, starting with Mookie Betts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what kind of season is yeah. he having? Uh it's an insane, to be truthful. I don't know how much longer he can keep it up or if this is really the real Mookie Betts, but I mean, he keeps putting the wood on the bat and it's going out of the park, so something's working. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to go over a few stats. I'm a stats man. You know, so um, just to put it in perspective for everyone listening, 
Mookie Betts is hitting 368. Yes, I said 368. He has uh, 439 on base percentage, 16 home runs, 35 RBIs, and 171 at bats. He's only struck out 21 times. Uh, I, I mean, if this were to not to mention his 3.3 WAR, by the way, which is yeah. insane. Um, you know, so Mookie Betts is is the MVP right now. Yes, you can throw Mike Trout in there, who's also having a very historic season. A very yes. historic season. And there's some people with Showtime, Atani, and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not buying that. I'm a biased against rookies. I don't believe in them. I, I need a full season under my belts before I'm going to say anything too good about rookies. But, uh, yes, he's also off to a really great start. Um, but, you know, if you look at their lineup in Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, you know, uh, Hanley Ramirez, Jackie Bradley Jr., all of these guys, uh, and then you back it up on their pitching staff with Chris Sell, uh, you know, I mean, they're really special, yes, right? and I, they kind of have the same – I mean, basically, them and the Yankees are identical stat-wise. If you, They were breaking it down during the Yankee game the other night. Uh, pretty much their numbers are almost identical. Um, they're – Pitching staff, the back end of the pitching staff rotation is another question mark also. David Price, not, mm-hmm. you know, I, he's got more issues than just health, I think. I think there's some mental stuff going on confidence-wise. Um, for Perez, Eduardo Perez, he's been up and down. They got Sale and Porcello that have been really, really solid. The rest of the guys, you know, hit and miss like the Yankees as well. So... And it's going to come down to those two teams in the East. It's just a matter of who can win the most games in all their in their series. Yeah, and you know you have Eduardo uh, Rodriguez, who um, he started nine games for them thus far, and he's four and one. So you know he's he's pitching well, also. Um, Chris Sells five and one. You know uh, you talked about Rick Porcello. He's six and one, having a terrific year. You know, David Price is at four and four. Uh, you know, he's just he hasn't been the same since he he went to Boston. He does have a four point three eight ERA, so you know um, he's definitely not yeah. been the same. But and, and you know how David Price stereotypes go whenever it comes to the off season or it comes to the yes. postseason. You know, uh, he's seen, terrible I've in the postseason. Always has been. Yeah, he he's terrible yeah, in the postseason. To, so Yankees egotistical fan but i'm pretty sure he has some mental issues with the yankees just confidence wise as he backed out of their last Mm -hmm. start with uh, carpal tunnel but he played Fortnite too much the night before or something i don't know what's going on with him (laughs) (laughs) you know what though now, that does happen. I mean, uh, Justin Verlander is a prime example of that with, with the Cleveland Indians. I mean, the Indians roughed him up every time they played him. I mean, his ERA was, I mean, astronomical whenever it came to the Indians. And, you know, there was the whole thing with uh, the Indians stealing signs and blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. <laughs> sometimes you just don't have it, right? I mean, honestly, sometimes against some teams, you come in there knowing that you've struggled with them throughout your entire career and something like this happens, you know? So, I mean, they they do literally. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I do think that there is something there and, you know, I do think that Boston and New York, man, they're going to battle this out and this is going to be one of the more fun things to watch in baseball this year. 
So you're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> the way, before the season started, this is what everybody expected. The uh, slow start the Yankees got off to, it was looking like it was all hype and no substance. But as you see, the Yankees have righted the ship. So it's I'm thinking last week of the season we're going to see who's going to win that division. Yes, and um, you're absolutely right. Now, it is interesting that I don't believe the Yankees play the Red Sox the last weekend of the series. Do they? I would have to double-check the schedule, but I don't think so. So, I know they've are And that was something – I know it didn't happen last year, and a lot of people were upset with it. Yeah. And um, it's just one of those silly things that, that uh, Major League Baseball did. It's kind of like a travesty, honestly, yeah. that they're not playing each other. But um, – you know, it's one of those things baseball did thinking that it was smart and it really wasn't smart. And especially now that these two teams are so good yes. that, um, but yes, they actually did switch it back this year. Um, the Red Sox play the Yankees, uh, the last yeah, series a, of the year at a home. Point last season when the way the division was ending, hey, they didn't get to finish it off with each other and see who was going to win the division. So glad to see that's been fixed. Yeah. And it was like mid September. That's the last yeah, time they played was, each other, which was super yeah, weird. An anomaly for the, those two teams. So the yeah, uh, the Red Sox do have the Yankees at home at Fenway for the last three games of that the season. Is going to be so uh, advantage, yeah, that's advantage Boston there if they get to play that, and if it's actually you know uh, kind of turns out like we all think yeah. it might, then that's going to be really fun. So I want to ask you a couple other questions before we get off here. Um, do you think Toronto has any chance of turning it around and making it a push? Uh, you know, making a push as long as they can remain competitive. Because any any goal with any team right now with that extra wild card spot, if they think they're going to be competitive, they can get that second spot. They're going to do whatever they can to you know make that push and keep their team together. If they absolutely just bottom out here in the next month or so, you might look and see them sell some spots off that they. I would think if they're in it, they will try and probably get another arm to help bolster the rotation. Um, like I said, they're kind of – they're always – you never know what's going to happen. So, it would be interesting to watch and see. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the American League right now, you have Boston on top, Cleveland on top, and Houston on top. Mm-hmm. The only one I could really see changing in that is um, – Boston with the Yankees maybe surpassing them. But, I mean, it's pretty easy to say now you're going to most likely, unless the Yankees fall apart, you're going to have two teams from the AL East in there. We know there's not a second team coming out of the Central. Um, No. If the Mariners can keep it together with Cano out, and I know they just lost Gordon too, if they can keep that together, they would be this – Probably the most like well, the Cardinals got the Angels too, so they'd have to have one of those two teams falter to get into that second wild card spot. Yeah, and you know Seattle was my pick to actually beat the Yankees out for the last wild card spot because I had um, the Angels as the top wild card, and then I had Seattle. So I had three teams at the beginning of the year coming out of the West. Now, look, the the Mariners are only three games or two and a half games back the Yankees right now. It's not like it was some crazy prediction. Yeah, uh, but good baseball. without Robinson Cano, they're just not 
the same team. And uh, especially with his steroids, they're definitely not the same team. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, it, you have to swing it New York's way. Mm-hmm. Whenever you look at lineups, you talk about the Angels and the Mariners competing for that second wild card because, you know, but you also keep in mind Oakland is 25 and 23. You yeah, know, they're been, not terrible. They're flying under the radar. They took two or three from Boston in Boston, so – Mm-hmm. So don't sleep on him. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you're probably going to see the second team out of the West, yes. unless Toronto really picks it up. You're either going to see Seattle or Los Angeles, um, and it would—it's just hard for me to root against Los Angeles in that with Simmons and Harper and uh, Atani and you know all these people. You know, it's—it's it's hard for me to say that the Mariners are going to. Yeah beat them in 162 games a year, you know, it's just hard for me to say. But, and you know, Pujols, baseball is a very funny game. And also, Pujols has kind of found a rejuvenation, too. So, their lineup yes. is a lot more, lot more stacked. You know, they do um, have a plus 19 run to differential. The American League is kind of uh, a joke this year. <laughs> I mean, um I, I mean, seriously, uh, I'm going to run down some stuff with you. The Blue Jays are minus seven run differentials. The Tampa Bay uh, Rays are minus 11. The Orioles are minus 68 due to their horrific pitching staff. Uh, and in the Central, you only have one team that has a plus differential, and that's the Indians at plus 27. You know, the next closest – is the Twins at minus 16, Detroit at minus 23, the Royals at an astounding minus 83, uh, the White Sox at minus 75, and then you come down to the West, right? And you have the Houston Astros at 110 run differential, as we mentioned earlier. The Mariners are plus 8. The Angels are plus 9. Oakland's only a minus 1. So, you know, they're one baseball game away from being a plus 2. And then you have the Texas Rangers at minus 61. So, I mean, it, the West is really proving to be kind of the division inside of the AL. Uh, they're probably the most complete division inside yeah. the AL, right? And keep in mind, the Rangers have, have been devastated by injuries, too. Yep. These are playing right now. So, um, yeah, they've had so many horrible injuries. It's, if they had a complete roster, they'd probably be right in the thick of that, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so, um, you know, the Yankees are playing the Rangers. So, you know, that's good for the Yankees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I got to give a shout out to Cleveland because they're playing the Cubs right now and absolutely destroyed them last night, 10 to 1. I hope they do the same thing tonight. That, um, that was impressive. It was. But we got uh, Lester facing us against uh, Pluko tonight. And Pluko is uh, Tomlin's replacement. He's going to be our new number five until Danny Salazar comes along, if he ever does. So, you know, um, that's one guy who's been very injury prone. But, um, you know, I want to say thank you for for coming on tonight. Everyone go check out Bronx Bombers Beat. Um, Do you have a a Twitter or anything set up right now? Um, I am in the process of getting that. I will get that out as soon as – we get the show squared away and what, and going on the first episode. All right, guys. So make sure to look for that. Check him out on Twitter. Check me out on Twitter at Ryan Cameron 22. Um, and 
everyone just have a great weekend. Uh, good luck to your Yankees this year. I apologize for my rant earlier this year of them not making the playoffs. Um, that's that's understandable that the Yankees, there's no love loss for most people. So. No, especially the Indians after what they did to us last year. <laughs> so, um, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and thanks for, you know, taking the time to sit down and talk with me. All right. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. All right, man. See ya.